Well, to those of you over in the venue, to those of you watching online, welcome. My name is uh, Scott. I'm one of the pastors here. And as we start today, if you could pull your Bibles out and open up to Matthew chapter 14. It'll also be on the screen and uh, on your outline as well. But I want to start with a series of questions for you. Questions to wrestle with and, and to be honest with you, questions that really take a lot of thought to be able to answer. And so let me start with this. If you could be part of something much greater than yourself, what would it be? I mean, if God removed all of the limitations, money, time, opposition, if you could do anything of service of God, what would it be? And is that something that you're passionate about? What about this? When was the last time that you took a risk that required a, a power or a strength greater than your own? And if you had to name one thing, one thing that you believe God set you on this earth to do, what would it be? And do you have the faith? Do you have the faith to step out and allow God to accomplish that one thing in and through you? It's a lot of questions, isn't it? And when you start to think about those questions, it's really like an onion that you're pulling back layer after layer to truly get to the heart of God. But could you imagine what your life would be like if you walked in perfect faith and confidence in God? That you not live not just with a head knowledge that, yeah, God has a plan and a purpose for your life, but you allowed it to penetrate down into your heart and you lived that way. That you walked with complete assurance that God really did know how many hairs you have on your head or you used to have on your head. That when God, things were going so great in your life and you were at that mountaintop, that you had complete confidence that it was God who got you there. And when things aren't going the way that you want them to, or your prayers weren't answered the way that you expected them to, and you were all the way down at the valley, and that you still had complete confidence that God was in control. That your answer in any and every situation or circumstance would be with the utmost of confidence, my God is in control and I have complete faith in him. Imagine, imagine what your life would be like if you believed that every single time, that even when things were tough or uncertain, that you would walk in that kind of confidence and that kind of complete and utter faith in God. This morning, I want to talk with you, I want to wrestle with you about having that kind of faith. The kind of faith to step out and allow God to do something amazing in you and through you as you trust in him. So if you have your Bibles, let's look at Matthew chapter 14 and start in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there all alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from land, beaten by the waves, for the wind 
was against them. By this time in the text, there was a storm that had blown in. And we're not talking a little kind of storm with a little showers every once in a while. No, one translation describes this storm or the boat being tormented by waves. And we must understand that the disciples were not novices when it came to operating a boat. No, they were experts. They were fishermen. It's not like if I was to come to you, um, somebody that's not very good with a boat, and say, hey, you know what? It's going to be windy today on the San Francisco Bay. Why don't we get in my canoe and try to paddle across together? No. Remember what Jesus did. He took these men. He asked them to drop their nets and told them that he would make them fishers of men. They could handle a boat. They were proficient at it. And that's where we see our first point on our outline today, which is when we're wrapped up in our problems, we fail to see Jesus. Look at verse 25 in the text. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. The fourth watch of the night would have been between 3 and 6 a.m. In Jesus' time, they would break up a 12-hour period of the night into four watches. The first watch would start at 6 p.m. and go to 9 p.m. The second watch from 9 p.m. until midnight. The third watch from midnight to 3 a.m. And then finally, the watch that the disciples found themselves in from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. Which means in the text that the disciples had set out at evening time to go across this lake. And during the fourth watch, past 3 a.m., they hadn't made it across that lake. We're talking six to nine hours later. And I can imagine that by 3 or 4 a.m., in the midst of being tormented by this storm, they weren't as worried about getting across the lake as they were just staying alive. And then one of the disciples sees something off in the distance. It's a shadow. It's a silhouette. It's not going the other way, but it's coming right towards them. And as they see that shadow, they don't see that it's a man, but they automatically assume that it's a ghost. And when I put myself in that situation, I can't help but think about how often I too am just like the disciples. In my moments of distress, in my moments of need, God appears to me, but there's times in my life where I refuse to recognize that still, soft voice speaking in. See, in hindsight, it's so easy for us when we get to hold God's love letter to us, when we've seen the story in entirety, to think about those disciples and think they were nuts. Like, come on, who else would be walking on water? But in a moment of distress, in a moment of anxiety, in a moment of tiredness. They look off on that distance and what they see walking on the water was a ghost in their perspective. But yet Jesus comes when he's least expected. At 3 a.m. in the middle of a storm, but if we're so wrapped up in our own problems, if we weren't out looking for him, we might just miss and that's my second point on your outline today, is that you can't have an adventure with your feet planted right inside of a boat. 
Jesus, listen to what he does. The text continues, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, don't be afraid. And I can imagine those disciples in the boat in that moment as they hear the voice of their friend, as they hear the voice of the savior of the world. It had to have brought them such peace knowing that he was in their midst. And just the same for you and for myself. When we're in the middle of a storm or merely in the middle of the storms of day-to-day life, the presence of our Savior brings us peace too. Scriptures describes it as a peace that transcends all human understanding. That's the kind of peace that Jesus brings to us. But look at how the text continues. Lord, If it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Whoa! Before we go further, let's take a step back. And and I love to take scripture and put myself into it. And so will you imagine for just a moment what it must have been like to be on that boat? Imagine the waves are going up and down, up and down. Imagine the sound of the wind howling. Imagine the water splashing, splashing, splashing across that boat. Imagine the smell as you're smelling the lake water coming in to the boat. Imagine what it felt like as you were one of those disciples, exhausted and tired and now all wet. Imagine what it would have been like to be in that boat as it's pushed to and from, and you didn't have the chance to take a drama bean like we get nowadays. And it was in those conditions that Peter, with such boldness, with such audacity, was going to get out of the boat See, for me, as I imagine the situation, it would have been tough enough for me to step out of the boat on one of those glassy, smooth days on the lake. You know, those ones where there's not even a ripple on it. It is clear as can be, but not Peter, but not Peter. He had one of those moments, one of those moments that he could experience God in a whole new way that he could take an enormous step in his faith journey and all that he had to do was step out of the boat. God was giving him one of those internal nudges to go off on an adventure of a lifetime. But at the same time, he had to have been scared to death. So if you were Peter, what would you have chosen? Would he have chosen the boat or the water? See, the boat was safe, secure, and comfortable. The water was intimidating, unknown, almost overwhelming. And in our faith journeys, we too face the exact same dilemma Stepping out of the boat and potentially experiencing the adventure of a lifetime. Or staying in the boat where we remain secure, safe, and comfortable. But the one thing that I can tell you today is that if you don't get out of the boat, you will never experience walking on the water. 
And I believe that our God wants so much more for us than just to ride in a boat. That he intended so much more for us than just to go out on a cruise ship and never experience the exhilaration of an adventure with him. If you're like me, there's something deep inside of you that wants to walk on water. To leave the comfort of the routine. To abandon the security of the way that it's always been. And to experience our God in a whole new way. See, I never, ever intended on going into full-time ministry. When I first came to know Christ as my Lord and Savior, I was so content to sit in a pew, to be surrounded by the safety of numbers. I never wanted to be known. I didn't want to get involved. And I was good with coming to church on a Sunday morning and blending in in a face, a sea of faces. I was happy there. That was my boat. When my, when, my, when my wife and I got married, we made First Baptist Church our home, and, and I was asked to come and help paint the youth center. For me, painting the youth center was comfortable. It was easy. And so I said yes with one caveat. I said, yes, I'll come hate, paint the youth center as long as I don't have to talk to those self-absorbed, acne-faced teenagers. If you keep them away from me, I will come and I will paint and everybody will be happy. So I came and I painted. And I remember painting and teenagers being teenagers. If you're there, they'll talk to you. They don't even care if you're listening. They just want to talk to somebody. And I remember painting and uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, maybe ask a question here or there. But I was going to stay in that boat no matter what because painting was comfortable getting involved with teenagers, that was stepping out of the boat. That was uncomfortable for me. So I painted, and we finished the day, and that's when it got a little bit messy for me. I can remember going home, and I can remember telling my wife, not about the experience painting, but about the experience of engaging with these teenagers, about engaging and talking with them about their lives, about how honest, How open, how unpretentious those teenagers were. And that night, and for days and weeks to come, I couldn't shake this longing, this internal battle that was going on where God was telling me, you go and love on those kids. But staying away was easy. Staying in my boat was comfortable. So I had to wrestle, do I trust God enough in this call he's put on my life to step out of the boat, or do I stay where I was comfortable and secure? And as I started to wrestle with that, the what-ifs started to come. What if one of those teenagers asks me about the Bible? I don't feel like I know it well enough. Or what if one of those teenagers asks about what I was like in high school? I didn't live as a Christian back then. Will that make me a hypocrite? What if, what if, what if, what if? And they all started to shower my mind. What if I take a step of faith and they reject me and I sink and it was a waste of time? Friend, for me, my boat represented safety and comfort. My boat represented a lack of faith that the God that created the heavens and the earth couldn't use me to make an impact for these kids for eternity. 
My boat was my way of controlling how God would use me, how he would stretch me, how he would shape my faith. And until I was willing to get out of the boat and walk on the water that God had put in front of me, I was content, listen to this, with a safe, comfortable, secure, shallow, risk-free, adventure-free, stale faith journey. Friend, what adventure is God calling you to take part in? If you could put your finger on that longing, that desire, that unshakable interest deep inside of you, what is it? What is the water that our God is calling you to walk on? Maybe for you today as you sit here, You've been checking out this God thing and you've been asking some questions, but you haven't been sure if you want to completely trust him. Well, maybe our God is telling you to take that step, to say yes to Jesus and to trust him wholeheartedly. Or maybe just like that song that we sang earlier, is it's time for you to truly surrender to God. Maybe you've given your life over to him, but you've been doing it the world's ways because it's easier and more comfortable for you. Maybe it's time for you to surrender and allow God to let you know him more. Maybe for you, God is calling you to go and care for the homeless. Maybe God is telling you, you know what? I want you to get out of your comfortable church existence and go down and love on those that our society says are unlovable. Maybe God has been stirring within you to have that so-called awkward conversation where you share your faith with somebody that's maybe a family member or a coworker, and you're so afraid that you're going to offend them or they're going to reject you that you've stayed in your comfortable existence for so long, and our God is stirring within you today to go out of your boat and have that conversation with them. Maybe you've been gifted supernaturally with the gift of hospitality, And as you hear Francine share earlier or in the venue, you hear RJ talk about getting involved with our hospitality ministries. But you're afraid of getting out of your comfortable existence. Well, maybe today's the day you go and you ask a question. Maybe God has been birthing within you a new ministry idea that you are confident that Stockton needs more than anything else. Well, maybe it's time, instead of just sitting there dreaming about it, that you will actually start taking steps to see God making it into fruition. Maybe for you, it's to go on a short-term mission trip. Maybe it's for you to take your family, your children, on a mission trip so that you can serve together. Or maybe God's calling you to abandon the United States and go and become a missionary overseas. Or just maybe. Or just maybe God is showing your, him self to you in such a way where he's showing his sense of humor like he did with me and calling you to go and work with junior high or senior high kids. <laughs> There's kids that need your love. Maybe God's stirring that within you today. As you sit here in this room, what faith adventure is God calling you to take part in? And friend, Are you willing to step out of the boat and walk on water and see God meet you right there? That's where our next point on your outline is, is growth occurs when your faith is stretched. Growth occurs when your faith is stretched. 
And my favorite part of the entire passage comes in verse 29 where Jesus simply says, come. He tells Peter to step out of his comfort zone, to step away from the security of the boat and walk with him. I love how scripture records it. Then Peter got out of the boat, walked on water, and came towards Jesus. Come on! It's like the most amazing moment. It's not like Peter just took a walk like it's no big deal. Peter stepped out of his boat and he walked on water. And do you know what happened in Peter's life when he took that step? Growth. He stepped out in faith and Jesus met him right there. And in that step, Peter's faith grew. It's like when man first stepped foot on the moon. Neil Armstrong uttered one of the most famous lines in history. One small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. For Peter. It was one small step for him, one giant leap in which Jesus was standing right there waiting for him. And in that step, Peter's faith grew. It's in those faith-stretching times that God grows our faith. Remember back to the beginning of our passage. Peter wasn't the only one that was in the boat that day. The passage said that Jesus sent the disciples The other disciples were there as well. But do you notice that Peter was the only one that said, Jesus, call me out of this boat? See, those other disciples understood the cost of getting out of the boat. They were held back by by being very much aware of the pain of potential failure, of their embarrassment if they had failed, of their inadequacy or even the potential criticism for Bartholomew that would have said, who do you think you are walking on water? They were so like the American church today. They were content sitting on the sideline as other people experienced faith, growth, and the relationship with God in amazing ways. Church people. Church people, people that would rather criticize than step out in faith. Church people. Church people who have surrounded themselves with people that lack just as much faith as they do so they can stay in a holy huddle and not be challenged to get out of their comfort zone. Church people. Church people that allow their insecurities to keep them stuck right inside their boat or right in their chair or right in their pew instead of experiencing God in a whole new way. Church people who are more concerned about the approval of man than the approval of our God. And as a result, it keeps them from taking steps that will grow in their faith. But there was something else that day for the disciples in the boat and for church people today that are not aware of. There's a cost to stay in the boat. There's a cost, and that cost is the growth in your faith, in your relationship with God. When I think about growth, I think the example of of life stages illustrates it so well. I can remember when my little baby girl took her first steps where she went from crawling to walking and, and the exhilaration on her face as she was so excited when she took one step and then another and then another. And then I think of my boys 
And I think of my boys and how excited they were when they got that first A-plus in school or when they come home with the report card that they're actually proud of and they say, look, Dad, look, Mom, how proud are you of how good I did? Or I think about a teenager when they get on their 16th birthday where yesterday they were a pedestrian and today they are a danger to society with a lead foot. And in every one of those life stages, there's growth. And it's the same way for us in our spiritual growth as well. For the disciples that were staying in the boat, they weren't necessarily interested in stepping out in faith. They were more interested in staying safe and secure. As I look at it, maybe their faith was a little bit stagnant. Does that describe your faith journey today? Is your faith stagnant? See, not many people plan a vacation to go to the Dead Sea. Nor do people, when they get married, sign up so that they can be part of a mediocre marriage where the only thing that they have in common with their spouse is a shared address and they're more roommates than anything else. There's a saying that says that God can't drive a parked car or a rubber band is no good unless it's stretched. Friend, God isn't interested in us becoming stagnant in our faith journeys. That's why he gives us these overwhelming desires deep within us. That's why years ago I wasn't able to shake those interactions with those teenagers. That's why even today, some of you sitting right here in this room, you can't shake an overwhelming desire deep within you to be part of something greater than yourself. Look at verse 29 of Matthew chapter 14. Then Peter got down out of the boat. He walked on water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. See, sometimes when we take that step of faith, when we realize that we're no longer in the boat, we get scared. Peter had just become a superhero in the faith department. He had taken one step and another, and scripture doesn't say how many steps he took where his eyes were solely on Jesus. But at some point, Peter looked to the left, he looked to the right and he saw the waves and he heard the wind. And scripture says, he saw the wind. And it's the same way for you or for me. When we take that step of faith, maybe it's to go and get a new job or to join a ministry or to even become a small group leader. And when things first start, we're exhilarated, we're excited. It's amazing. It's butterflies and sunshine. And at some point, we take our eyes off of the prize and we look to the left and we look to the right and we too see the wind. Our wind might not be coming in the sound of but our wind might come in the form of obstacles, unexpected conflict, or maybe the plans didn't go the way that we had hoped or expected. But nonetheless, we see the wind. And that's where our next point comes in, is that when we are at our weakest moments, Jesus is there to save us. After seeing the wind, Peter did something so profound, so spiritually revealing to me. Scripture says when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sing, cried out, Lord, save me. It's in those sinking moments that we do the exact same thing in our lives. 
We cry out to God, the God that we have put our faith in, and we say, God, save me. And Jesus does what only Jesus would do. Scripture says he immediately reached out his hand and he took hold of him. And in the same way, in our lives, we will experience failure. There will be times where things will not go the way we thought that they would. But in the midst of sinking, Jesus is right there waiting for us to catch us, ready to save us, to embrace us, and to grow us. We all experience failure. And to be honest, it's not very fun. But did you know that some of the greatest learning lessons come from our problems? Think about math. We were never given math solutions when we were in school. We were given math problems. And as we worked through those problems to find the solution, our knowledge in mathematics grew. And in the same way, when we see the wind, when we deal with the adversity of the waves in our lives, our faith journey and our faith grows. Look at the text. Listen to what Jesus says to Peter. He says, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Now, some people, when they read that verse, they read it like this of Jesus saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? But as I picture my Savior, as I picture Jesus, I don't picture him like that. I picture him in a complete different way. I picture it like when I was teaching my boys how to ride a bike. We took their training wheels off. We got them on the bike. And, and I can remember holding onto the seat, their handlebars like this. And, and they would pedal and they would go like this back and forth. And I would hold on to that seat and I would run behind them, balancing it. And once I felt like they had gotten it, once I felt like they had figured out that balance, I would let go for just a second, then hold back on. And finally, I would just let go, and they would keep on going, pedaling and pedaling, and I would kind of run behind them, but so excited for my kids. And sooner or later, they would realize, whether they looked to their left or they looked to the right, that daddy wasn't holding on anymore. And what would happen? Boom, like that. They would fall to the ground. And I didn't run up to my kids and yell at them and say, why did you fall? What's wrong with you? No, I got down on my knees and I soothed them and I comforted them. And I said, you were so close. You had it, son. One more try and you're going to do it all on your own. You were so close. And as I picture Jesus with Peter, I picture him in the same way. Peter, why did you doubt? You did the hardest part. You took that step. You were so close. See, that's where my last thought comes in. When we step out in faith, we see our God in a whole new light. Our passage concludes with this. When they climbed into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. See, through Peter's faith, even when he saw the wind, he experienced Jesus like never before. Even as he was sinking and Jesus put his arm out to save him, Peter's faith grew because Jesus was there in his midst. 
And as a result, when together they climbed back in the boat, the rest of the disciples saw an example of faith like they had never seen before. So for you today, what is your deepest dream? What is it that you are passionate about? Friend, how are you growing in your faith? When was the last time that you took a step of faith that required a power or a strength greater than your own? What is the one thing? What is the one thing that you truly believe that God set you on this earth to do and accomplish? See, when you take that step of faith, when you walk on the water of opportunity in your life, God will give you so much God has so much to offer and will make any difference through and in you for eternity. And that step of faith, you will experience a maturing your faith in a more intimate relationship with our God. But the only way, but the only way that you're going to experience that is if you take that step of faith. Will you join me in prayer? Father, as I think about every one of us here, If we were honest with ourselves and if we were honest with you, God, we each have our own boats. We each have our own areas where we're comfortable, where we're secure. And God, I also know that for some, I'm stepping on some toes today. I'm getting in a place, God, where they're not comfortable. But yet, God, I know that you don't care about our comfort, you care about our growth. That, God, you want to do immeasurably more in and through us. That, God, you want to stretch our faith. That, God, you want us to trust in you wholeheartedly, to have that complete confidence in you. And so, Father, for every one of my friends here, you've given each one of us different waters of opportunity to walk on. And I can hear you so clearly saying, come, come, trust me and take that step. And so, Father, I pray for every single person here that, God, we will have the boldness, that we will have the audacity that we will have the faith to trust you to take that step of faith. And even when we're sinking, even when we feel like we failed, God, it wasn't a failure. And God, we know that you'll be right there with us to encourage us, to lift us up, and to help us try again as you continue to grow our faith, as you continue to grow us in our relationship with you, as we get to know you more personally and more intimately. Oh God, have your way in us. You are a good, good father. You are a good, good father that is working in amazing ways in our lives. God, help us to trust you more in every aspect of our lives. It's in the name of Jesus we pray and all God's people said, amen.